Shooting it raw? Yes. Shooting it raw. You too. Okay, what are we doing? Right, well, you don't want a coffee here? Let's just go straight back then. No, it's good, coffee. coffee. No, 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 I don't want to, I don't want to spoil your format. You, you don't like coffee? coffee? No, I like coffee. No, no, we can grab it to go. Okay, let's do that. Oh, this is fantastic. Look at this. Dude, this is... I love it. Is it okay if I'm a little bit loud? Okay, so where, where should where, where we... Should I, can I set up... Say, yeah, yeah. Okay. Can I set up here and I need a um, power source? Uh, for me, photography is an open door policy. It's my excuse to do anything. It's my yes. Um, and it has taken me around the world and is my memory. I have a shocking memory and I absolutely adore delving into my computer and seeing the journeys, the stories, the people. Um, it's it's a way of connecting far beyond that one moment that you had with that person or the place that you were in. It's great. Everybody said everybody kind of articulates it differently. Um, I really like the fact that I I know you because you know I was introduced to you as oh yeah like Alex. So is it Alex Macro? What's your last name? Macro. Yeah. That's your real last name. That's my real last name. What? Yeah. That's great. Uh, yeah, my dad's my dad's Macro. Uh, my granddad was clearly, clearly. Uh, no. Well, no, no, <laughs> but, 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 you know, just to, just to kind of emphasize that fact. Uh, I tried to explain this to a, t a tuk tuk driver in India who was talking about fate and how he was destined to be a, t a tuk tuk driver, and I was like, "Yeah, same here I was with photography." Over oh, his head. Okay. No, okay. <laughs> Amazing. That's amazing. Okay, Alex, really nice to meet you. We're in your house on Peng Chao in Hong Kong. Uh, we met because uh, Tanya. That's right. How do you say your last name? Vessels? Vessels. Yeah. Yeah. So Tanya, you photographed her? So we did a project together about eco-anxiety. Uh, we kind of come to the eco story from different ends. I'd done a lot of charity stuff in Africa and all over for... Um, uh, for many years and I really got burned out with the whole eco-anxiety thing but that was in the late 90s early 2000s I had to kind of step back from all of that because it was really uh, not healthy for me and then uh, I came to Hong Kong and everybody went two years ago I discovered that I shouldn't be using plastic bags mm. and it infuriated me so much and Tanya was a real doer and uh, also infuriated by the right. fact that Hong Kong was so backward in their uh, eco policies, whatever. So we, we did these projects to try and raise awareness and they were, I mean, they're hugely successful. It was wonderful. We mm -hmm. got into publications everywhere, Taiwan, everywhere. It was, nice. um, yeah, it was great. And I think they were, a, they were a fab set of pictures. We, we scoured mid-levels for... Uh, junk yeah, um, yeah. and made made stuff out of them. But I mean, nice. she talked all about that. So, Alex, uh, you welcome me into your house. And this is how the world works. Today is potentially going to have a typhoon later. We'll see. Uh, I come over to Peng Chao, this tiny, quiet, sleepy, sweet island. 
just met you. So for the listener, I'm sitting across from this guy who's very well dressed, very handsome. I'm wearing look, a new shirt today. New shirt. Well, they're very. I appreciate. You know, I, it, I appreciate. It. You look very good. You look like you know. You got the you got the hair going on. You have got the the the, the fifteen o'clock shadow, whatever you want to call it. Your place is amazing. <clears throat> and as we get in, you get a phone call, and your face goes. <laughs> Now, if at any moment, and this will be in the recording, whatever, if at any moment you need time to go upstairs and share, yeah. gather your thoughts, I'll hit pause, we'll wait. This is a big day. Yeah, it's, uh, it's an interesting one. Um, you don't have to go into it. <clears throat> you don't have to share it with the world. But uh, it's, how a great, about, it's a great, potentially amazing day. So, yeah. Yes. Yeah, I, uh, one of those life changes. Yes, yes. Uh, but let's d- jump into the first photograph, and then maybe that whole side of your life will be revealed. I'm only seeing what's in the thing now. So is this the first one you want to work with? Yes. Okay, so in the photograph, so would you describe yourself as a street photographer? Pro- I would probably describe myself as a street photographer. Um, I've spent a lot of my professional career being portraits, fashion, Mm. studio, but my passion was always outside. It was always the things that you can't control. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's also the hardest stuff to do. I mean, everyone does it and everyone does it badly. There are very few people that do it well. Right. For a very good reason. It's very difficult. So in this photograph is, the shot is here in Hong Kong, or it's in Asia, but I'd assume it's in Hong Kong. The The shot is of somebody, of like a sort of worker outside at a, what are those saws called? It's not a bandsaw, but what's bandsaw, that called? Yeah. Like at a bandsaw. So it's got that whole metallic silvery stuff. He's wearing this kind of crimson vinyl apron a white shirt with for some reason he rolled up the the sleeves on his very skinny brown uh biceps he's sawing through some meat it looks like i'd say frozen pork i think frozen pork he's got a a cigarette sticking out his out his mouth which is a uh, seeing people smoking is kind of like oh that's from a long time ago so this guy's probably in his 60s he's got his little reading glasses just perched at the bottom of his nose it's amusing that he's smoking over this meat that he's cutting. Uh, I guess the, the, the cut is probably ribs, would you say? Probably. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Who knows? Uh, yeah, so probably uh, shot in Shangwanish area or not. I may be wrong. So why don't you take us into this, into this image? Like why, why, this, why start with this one? So this image means a lot to me because I came to Hong Kong uh, as a trailing spouse. My wife had a job. I came. I didn't have a job. It took me a while to get any work here. Hong Kong, I found very hard. I found it very ugly. And I found it uh, nigh on impossible to take pictures in. It's the hardest place I've ever been in the world to take pictures. Okay. Uh, And everyone was surprised about that. And... I very quickly lost purpose and I, I, I was really struggling mentally to kind of figure out how this new life of ours was going to work and work well. And I was having a really hard time. Mm-hmm. And, and so I thought, well, I'm going to go and just, I'm going to go and try and capture Hong Kong. I'm going to try and figure out what Hong Kong is. Yeah. You know, I, I, I can't seem to understand it. Mm-hmm. So I left our flat every morning and I walked every street 
um, in Central, then into Shangwan, then into uh, Saingpun, blah, blah, blah. And then I crossed over and I did the same in uh, um, Kowloon and I, I walked everywhere. Nice. And, and in that process, I, uh, I was like, whoa, I just couldn't find any pictures to take pictures of. And I kept looking at what people were taking pictures of. You've got Sunset Pier. You've right, got right. the cross hatches with taxis on it. You've got this. And I was like, well, that's not me. That's, that's, that's mm-hmm. everybody's copying. Everyone's doing the same thing. And uh, it was driving me insane. I, the harder I looked, the less I could see. And then one day, um, I was in Shengwan. Uh, it's Shengwan. It could be Shengwan. It could be Saingpun, but it's sort mm-hmm. of... And I, I cut through a, um, an old shopping arcade, one of the really old ones along the front. And there was this guy. I took this picture. And at that one moment, I realized I'd been looking in all the wrong places. Ah, okay. Interesting. And so this picture then sparked a project. The, the, all the pictures, the four pictures that we're going to talk about today are all from the same project, ah. which is my Hong Kong project. Okay. And then it started to, to kind of make sense. But this was, the, this was the image that kicked it all off and transformed my whole Hong Kong. Because, as I said, I was really struggling kind of mentally. And so this project was, was actually really useful for me to uh, just in a mental health journey. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. And, I, and so I thought for the purpose of this podcast, it might be interesting to basically admit that and kind of talk about the mental health journey of coming to a you know a foreign country mm. without purpose and struggling right okay beautifully put so okay where to begin so as we, as we're walking up i'm just like don't speak don't speak i don't i don't want to hear any of your stories until we're sitting and now we're sitting and i've like as i knew it happened i'll have so many questions okay so the whole idea of how you integrate with a new culture where everything's new and kind of different and you're like, well, how do I find myself? Now, somebody who's listening to this, who doesn't have the tool, like you have this sort of expressive tool of photography. So, and then some people might be writing, some people might not even be anything like that. They just sort of muscle through. Mm. But let's, let's see, like how, like talk about how photography lets you do that because for some people photography is this mechanical thing like it's just capturing uh the light and the scene and whatever and it's not like a painting where you spend hours to kind of work on a scene <clears throat> based on some composition whereas this in a way is kind of like it's what you're responding to now at the moment it's in the world and it's just that you notice this guy smoking cutting the meat and then for some reason that kicked off all these switches in your head, and you're just like, oh, wait a second. And then that gelled into a project. <clears throat> so why don't you talk about, as if you're explaining your translator to somebody who doesn't understand the, your process. Hmm. So I, I teach photography as oh. well. And uh, that, I mean, that's actually the crux of everything. People, I can teach you how to take photographs uh, with an SLR camera in probably 10 minutes. Mm-hmm. And you can be happy and go away and take pictures. You can't do that in painting. You can't do that in anything else. People then get very confident and think that they've, uh, they've got it. But actually, 
photography is a lifetime journey of learning and it the, every time you think you know you don't know and you have to be open to that so effectively i'm like a i'm like someone who never grew up i still have a very childish approach to the world. Everything is interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, I look down every corner. I'm I'm enthusiastic about things. If there's a hole in a window, I you know I want right. to have a quick little look in there. Yeah. And for me, for me, the world is a visual Tetris. I call it. Okay. And photography allows me to try and get this visual game into some kind of order which makes sense and it's not only impossible most of the time and again you see very few people who do that very well because it is so difficult and mm-hmm. also because people uh, there's there's another side to photography that I've always I've always said that I learned very very early on I, I remember I, I took these pictures and everyone was like these are amazing mm-hmm. and I, I honestly looked at them and thought did I take those? I, okay. I don't remember taking these. And I have this thing that all my best pictures, I'm kind of blind when I take them. It's like something has taken over. And, and I sort of say that to be a professional photographer is like, is, is like being a shaman in some way. You have to be able to summon up the, uh, the state of mind to allow the things to come to you. Mm-hmm. Most people... When I see people taking pictures, they're hunting. They are looking for things. Right. And I always look and I go, you're not going to see anything. Yeah. And so for me, I, I plan very little. I, I don't like to know anything about the area I'm going to. I don't want to, I don't want to pollute the, 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 the space. And so I go in totally, totally naive. Mm-hmm. And I will wander around and I will... I'll basically banish everything. I'll try and sometimes I wear um, headphones, but uh, noise cancelling ones to try and take out some right. of the, the noise. Very rarely do I listen to any music. And I just try and soak it up and I just try and feel it. Yeah. And, and like I say, so it's the, these things just kind of like come to you and sometimes you don't even know, you don't even know what's happened. Mm-hmm. This, this was interesting because I, I thought it was funny and... I later then discovered finding humor in Hong Kong is like looking for uh, rocking horse poop. It is. <laughs> yeah, I love humor. Yeah. You know, you go to New York, every street yeah. corner, there's there's something happening. Right. Europe is just quirky and fun everywhere. Yeah. There's so many characters. Here is very very different. It's right. it's brutally honest and functional okay. most of the time. Interesting. And that doesn't make for great pictures. That's really interesting. Okay. So one of the, so here's how I, I, so, you know, like the, here's how the podcast kind of works. Mm. Uh, You say something, it goes into my head and I go, oh, that made me think of that. And Mm. I say something and then you're like, is there a question in there? I'm like, I don't know. You know, so in this case, interesting that you're kind of walking around almost systematically saying, okay, there's this thing that I'm going to either run into or discover or experience that'll kind of so bring Hong Kong down to size. And you're right that when you walk around, I, I do feel like for the longest time, when I first got here, I really did feel, and it's a great way of putting it, that everything's really functional. It's very like literal. Mm. It's very like, uh, I think maybe because of 
the, the linguistic barrier, you know, English versus Cantonese, sometimes people have to be extremely literal or else there's a misunderstanding, right? And so interesting that you, that you the, one of the things that you said was you don't really find a lot of humor or you didn't really see a lot of humor because it does feel super functional and everybody's just kind of respond. Like, and yet here we are on this island, which is extremely quirky. Mm. If you, if you, if you look at it with new eyes, right? Like for me, I haven't been here in years and it's, it is like, you know, we walked up and I saw something, I don't remember what I saw, but again, this giant teep, like, or like a sculptural teapot with like fake water running down or something, you know, but I don't even know if there's a question there. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> well, so things like the fake teapot, that would have been outside a tea shop that's been salvaged and chucked outside a little clan house right. like place. And, and as much as that could be fun and quirky, it's awkward. It doesn't, right. it doesn't make an image. And that's very systematic of, of Hong Kong. And if it's not that, then it's got some street furniture right in front of it or in right, a wrong place right. and a million LED lights that come off shops sure. and things. And, it, and although the people are quirky, they're kind of quirky in a, without being, <clears throat> without being particularly confident in their quirkiness. Okay, okay. And so you see the kids dressed in, I don't know, like Travis Pickle from Taxi Driver. And you go, whoa, that could be really cool. <laughs> but somehow they managed to sanitize it by uh-huh. not owning it in right. a way. Okay. And you're like, wow, I never thought a Mohican could be so tame. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> right, 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 right. Oh, yeah. I love sitting in front of people who are um, dedicated to expression and art and whatever. So obviously you've been in photography for a long time. It's the only thing I've ever done. Okay. (sighs) Yes. Okay. So the photo, I don't know how you got it. Uh, In this photo, we've got something really great happening this when i know you already let the cat out of the bag that this photo was made in hong kong uh it could look like it was from the street like you just sort of happened by but on the other hand it's a photo of this guy who looks in his like 40s i guess late 40s ish he's eating his lunch he's got a little like styrofoam pad he's got the, the chopsticks he's eating looks like he's an accountant because he's got the sort of the ledger books all around him it's super packed like office um supplies he's like lost in this desk lots of grays lots of boxes like you know a double a i mean boxes for just plain paper that are obviously filled with stuff or maybe those are filing boxes he's got a laptop in front of his face that's open uh the expression is like he's not quite chewing his food but he's kind of in the middle of his lunch behind him all these papers like calendars and all this i mean it's super full-on busy and and rich and the tone is really nice okay so walk us through this alex macro i have to go back a little bit yes the first picture when i took that picture i had my canon camera which i'd come to hong kong with which i used professionally for ages you know forever and every time I tried to take a picture, everyone would go, no, 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 no. Ah, uh, okay. And I, it was stressing me out that I had this camera that people, and I couldn't figure out why, because everybody's got a camera, everybody's taking pictures. So I had this idea that 
I'd like a smaller camera. So I went out, Fuji just released their latest uh, X100V, mm-hmm. great little street photography camera, got great reviews. I literally was one of the first people to get hold of one. And I, I took it out and not one person noticed me. Ah, okay. I was just another dumb guaylo, yeah. out lost. Right. And that's where the title for this project then came. So I became a ghostly man, okay. which is the Guaylo. So right. I'm doing a Guaylo project, but it's actually the camera that made me the, the ghost. Okay. And so all of a sudden I had this superpower and I could go around places and nobody cared. Right. Which was the first time in Hong Kong that that had been the case. Mm-hmm. And this picture is actually the Wan Chai Computer Center. Mm-hmm. That is the security manager, whatever, yeah. who is underneath the stairwell. And I just walked by. His door was open. Mm-hmm. I walked by. I went, oh! <laughs> I set the camera. I took two steps back. I got two pictures. Yeah. And then I got... <laughs> and I just... Uh, in my limited Cantonese, <laughs> big wave of hand and walked off slightly trembling, going, God, I hope it worked. I hope it worked. Yeah. And then the reason I've put this picture in is it's one of the only ones in my whole series that I've done uh, where the person is looking to camera. Mm-hmm. And it nearly won, uh, it was it was uh, nominated at the Association of Photography Awards, which are a pretty big deal. Nice. Um, didn't win, but it was there. And so, yeah, it was, it, was, it was validation of the fact that my project was, well, had legs mm-hmm. and that I was effectively doing the right thing. Right. Um, and so this kind of, for me, was, was that knowledge that, that I'd found my mojo you know i kind of got it and i was now i was now running with it yeah so one of the great things about the light about the composition about everything like i I sort of describe like there's a lot of there's a lot of white and there's a lot of gray and there's a lot lot of black and and what's also kind of nice it's punctuated with these like the red edge of the of like the ledger books or whatever maybe not ledger uh, maybe the log books He's essentially framed, isn't he? Yeah, it's really. I mean, it's and, and he's quite almost. Um, yeah, I could see why. The, as I think a photographer looking at this would really appreciate this. You know, it's like a because it, it's got. It really uh, communicates your aesthetic and your eye and the sense of because it's the warmth of his skin versus his clothing. You know, it's kind of like. And it's an honest, clearly, like, no, you could never stage this kind of film. No. Well, maybe you couldn't in a movie, but not really. Yeah, and also it's, uh, it's something that, you know, when you come to Hong Kong, you notice things. And one of the things that I noticed was that people eat at their desk. Yeah. Uh, that's just really common. Yeah. And you go at lunchtime to go and buy something, and someone will be munching on their lunch. Yeah, uh, the chicken feet. Yeah. The chicken feet, yeah, whatever. And you're trying to ask, <laughs> do, 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 do you have any... <laughs> Uh, and so when I took this picture and I showed it to some local people, everybody relates to it. Yeah. Uh, so Westerners relate to it in one way, locals react sure. in a different way, and everybody goes like, "Oh, that's like, yeah, that's so Hong Kong." Yeah. Like yep. if you've lived here, then you know that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Now, because it has to be asked, um, when when did you hold the camera and think this is a? Because so for example, when I was I was in Canada 
year or two ago. And uh, speaking of mental health, I was going through some very difficult times. And one person I'd spoken to, he was saying like, I think you're, you're, you kind of uh, fall into the place of being an HSP, a highly sensitive person. Okay, I don't think it's a very, um, uh, or necessarily an, uh, a technical term. It's more like this, you know, qualitative sort of, like this is kind of what you're like. You know, HSPs go around life noticing a lot, mm. you know. Uh, so, like you're taking in stuff and you process a lot, you talk a lot, you think a lot. You're taking in lots and lots of, of, of sense and sensation and data and impressions and listening to how you speak in terms of how you make sense of the world is you fall within that HSP kind of category of person. So let's go back to when your brain is young and fresh in its skull and you're like a 12-year-old or whatever it is or a 13-year-old and you get a camera. Is that when you got your camera? Like when did your brain connect to the machine of a camera and think, wait a second, this is solving a need? I know exactly the moment. Okay. Well, I'd hope so. It was the day day my brother came home from the hospital. Um, uh, You know, newborn baby, so I was seven. Oh, okay. And we stood around the crib. We took a family picture, and I asked whether I could take a picture. I had two uncles. I'm half French. Both my uncles were very keen photographers. So cameras were always around and stuff. But that was always what kind of quirky uncles did Mm -hmm, and stuff mm -hmm. like that. I really wanted to take a picture. And so I was holding my brother up with my right hand in the crib. And uh, mum, I presume it was mum, took a picture. I dropped a kid, went for the camera. Baby starts crying. Oh. I grab the camera. I'm no longer able to take a picture. Right. Uh, like, fucking annoying kid. <laughs> <laughs> and, I, and I think that was the moment that I knew it was something important interesting and something i wanted to do something i wanted i really wanted a camera and i didn't get a camera it was the first proper camera i had was given to me by my uncle bruno and i can't remember what it was a little roly i think a little oh wow a little small little 35 mil and it was really small and i loved the fact that it was small because nobody noticed you know it's a little camera and actually that has set the tone for everything in my life. When I went to art school, I bought uh, an, um, an MG Super Pentax, I think. Mm-hmm. The reason I got it, it's a smaller, it's the, probably the smallest uh, SLR camera that was uh, around at the time. Yeah. While everybody else was trying to get the biggest Nikon that yeah, money yeah, could yeah. buy. Uh, I didn't want that. I didn't want I didn't want people to know that I was taking their pictures in a right, way. Right, um, right, right. So I guess I was always doing this. Right. I guess I was always the ghostly man. Art school. Where? Which? Uh, so I grew up in Newcastle. Um, okay. I went to Sunderland Poly to do art foundation, mm-hmm. where I think the second module we did was photography. We had to buy a camera. So right. I got the MG Super and I never left my hand. Okay. It just became it became another limb. I right. literally until, and then from there I went to Maidstone, which was three hundred and fifty six miles from my home, which was very specific and deliberate because my parents were falling apart. Okay, and blah blah blah. And I wanted to get away, and I I just took pictures of everything. I mm-hmm. I, I was just constantly shooting. Right. Okay. When was this photo made? 
2019. Okay, so... Is that right? It must have been about then. Kicking in close to the start of the pandemic? Is that right? No, 2020. Yeah. Right? So, 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 so when I arrived, it took me a while to kind of kick this project off. I, like the first six months, I had no idea what I was doing mm-hmm. in Hong Kong. I had no idea how to take pictures in Hong Kong. So it was a slightly slow process. That was 2017. So 18, I kind of started to figure out what it was about. Protests kind of kicked off. Right. So clients stopped employing People like photographers because yeah. everyone was kind of scared. Yeah. So I had I had uh, the, the the newly found work that I had vanished, mm. and uh, and so I kind of kept this going just to kind of you mm-hmm. know keep mm-hmm. keep doing things. And then of course the pandemic happened, and you know yeah. you know that was that was the end of not getting any work for yeah. everyone. Yeah. Uh, so so yeah so this kind of became my job of. Yeah. of I was doing other things, but but in between. So I'd always say that when I had to go somewhere or do something, I would go with my camera. Right. So okay. So here. So I got here in Hong Kong in two thousand three, and after about four or five months, six months from Montreal. Montreal is very creative, very uh, connected. And I've, I grew up in Montreal, so I'm a Montrealer. Have an arts degree, and after being here for like you know about five or six months. I had this disquiet, right? Like it, I was working, but I was just like, and my whole thing was this place is so literal and it's so functional and it's so pragmatic. Mm. And I, and as a creative person, I was like, I need a, an outlet. And so I created this. Uh, so my project was looking at self-portraits, right? So for 350 mm. weeks, uh, I did uh, different, conceptually different self-portraits. I wasn't looking for pretty pictures. I was just trying to push myself or give myself an ability color six and a half year project of just doing these photos. And in a way, those were a performance. Mm. Okay, so for your Guaylo project, if you were to say, if you were to explain it to somebody as being a performance, so I'm imposing, uh, sorry, I'm projecting onto you, mm. how would you talk about this as being a performance? Maybe you wouldn't. The way that I take photos is... Is, is kind of like a performance anyway. Um, when I'm on the streets, I try and I try not to be noticed. I try to be. I'm a big guy, and I, I try to kind of. If I can, if I can drift in and drift out without ever ever knowing that I was there, then I've kind of succeeded. So in doing that, I'm kind of I'm moving, mm-hmm. and there, there is there's a lot of kind of performative elements to sure. to what I do, and then of course. The actual taking of pictures is a performance in itself, and so work-wise, I I do a lot of commercial things, mm-hmm. and in that you have to get the best out of somebody in thirty seconds, right? And, and whatever. So the the skills you learn are, are very uh, clown-like or, mm. or, or <laughs> clown-like. Okay. Well, <laughs> that, 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 well yeah, because the, because for me it's all about it's not me that has the power; it's the person you're taking a right. picture of. And again, that's what people don't. Re- so many people kind of go, but I'm a photographer. I'm the big guy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And it, it's not. It's 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 like you you give yourself, you give them the power, mm-hmm. and so yeah, being a bit childlike or, mm-hmm. or or whatever uh, shifts that power they 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 don't feel right. threatened by it so everything i do is is a is a kind of a dance in sure. a way okay 
Well, we're going to move on to the next photo, but uh, you have a website? I do have a website. It's my name, alexmacro.com. Best name ever for a photographer? Are you, are you kidding? Dude, okay, Alex. <laughs> it's real as well. You know. I love it. I love it. <laughs> next photo. <laughs> so here's, here's put, humor here's so, humor yes so put it's yourself the holy grail yes now look so i love i love photography i love photographs I like talking shop i love discovering stuff seeing things and with this project everybody brings me into their world and i get to see how they see the world and it's kind of interesting and quirky and fun and i don't know what's going to happen until i look yeah and so in this photo just great so it's basically uh, an older gentleman, probably in his 60s or so, who could deal do with food. Like he looks quite skinny. He's got like the, the very kind of emaciated legs. He's in this like button up shirt. Like it's like one of those, I don't know if it's a polo shirt or whatever. Uh, he's got these like Adidas style black shorts, uh, barefoot. His head is on, uh, looks like a shopping bag. He's on this very nicely manicured green lawn, which is extremely rare in Hong Kong. There are no lawns in Hong Kong. There's a bush right behind him. He's in the shade because it's, like, it's an afternoon photo. Uh, done probably during the pandemic because what he did was he lifted his uh, uh, mask to cover his eyes. And he's in, in the thick of a, of a nap. Like his mouth is kind of open. Um... You know, I don't know how you got him to sign the model release, but well done. Uh, but absolutely great photograph. If I had to put money on it, I'd say this was in uh, Happy Valley, on the, just because it's one of the only places where there's grass. Yeah, tell us. Uh, so it was it was the pandemic. It was right at the beginning of the pandemic. Okay. This is uh, Sun Yat-sen Park in okay. uh, Sangpun. Okay. And uh, I think I had taken a... A child to go on a play date in the park because it was one of the few things that you could do. Yeah. Uh, it was right at the beginning, and there's big tannoys all the way around um, giving out the information about how you will be fined if you do not wear a mask, the, uh, the ordinance, the government right, ordinance. Right. And then there's this guy in the middle of it all with the giving zero. <laughs> and I was like, that dude is amazing. And yeah. I, took this, I took this picture. And I, it was, it was the holy grail for me. It was humor in Hong Kong. Mm -hmm. I was like, holy moly, it does have humor. Yeah. And I, so I took a couple of frames. That's all I took. And and then I heard a whole kind of like gaggle of of laughter. And I turned around, and there's just all these women and helpers and whatever, yeah, yeah, yeah. just all behind me, all laughing. Yeah. At the fact that I take this guy's picture. <laughs> it's crazy tourists. <laughs> So, okay, so, okay, let's look. So what's great about this photo as well is that uh, the, the sort of the dominant tone, color, field, whatever, is green. Because he's on this lawn, there's the bushes right behind him, and the sun is kind of carving out this yellowish band or whatever on the top right of the image. So it's, other than, like, so the person, he, other than his skin... In a way, it's like the image is kind of monochromatic in the sense of it's kind of in this one world of color, which is mostly greens. Mm. But he's got the color, he's got the, which really pops. So, yeah, this tells me you know how to make a photo. 
your composition is quite is fascinating by putting him the guys like so the bottom half of the image is just grass the top half of the image is this guy laying on his back arms on his chest kind of clasped with fingers interlaced he's just kind of passed out in a nap what's your relationship to color in photography so color is something that i'm deeply fascinated by when i first started i took a lot of black and white pictures but we don't see in black and white therefore black and white pictures are always interesting my friend david whenever i used to take a picture of him uh he'd go no 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 and i go it's black and white oh all right then <laughs> <laughs> and that was always our joke and 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 it's very true it's it's you don't you don't see that way so it's interesting right therefore i then started to shoot uh, cross processed putting the wrong film through the wrong yeah, uh, chemistry chemistry and that would then saturate the colors wildly and it would again create something that you don't see right and so i always played in those in those kind of tones because i never understood why people took just authentic you know regular pictures if you like mm-hmm. because to me that i don't know that it just instantly wasn't interesting and i still struggle with it i i'm always i always look for the kind of the theatrical mm-hmm. so i look for the theatrical lighting i like to kind of pinpoint people i also spend a lot of time in advertising advertising is about um, yeah, concentrating yeah. on that really shows uh, yeah on the product on yeah. whatever so in this picture you know if i'd been if i'd been slightly off there's loads of legs here because yeah. there's loads of kids playing and stuff like that. Yeah. here there was a picnic or something that was going on here which i thought would be kind of interesting to have that contrast mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. it just didn't work because then you got too much so i just defaulted to kind of a product shot if you yeah, like yeah but in using all the kind of negative space it kind of gives him a bed it's like the, yeah. the it's it's exactly it's weighted right. heavily enough to kind of give him a bed so for me that the ground all of a sudden became sort of three dimensional yeah yeah and uh, yeah i mean that's 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 my kind of thought mm. process but a lot of this stuff happens very quickly i don't i don't labor over things no no i know it's very intuitive like, yeah. yeah, because because uh, so uh, one of the street photography kind of things that people do is to wait, you know, to find somewhere that's an interesting place and then wait. Ah, okay. That never works for me. Right. I if I like somewhere, I'll go and I'll wander around. I'll come back. I'll come back, and right. that never really works. It, it, these things have to just fall into place in front of me. Right. Right. Ah, uh, so um, so the podcast is about sharing how different people make sense of the world because we all interface with the world differently mm. um I, for example it's like going into somebody's house so you welcome me to your place and all these fascinating talisman and records so there's lots of art on the walls there's a disco ball there's you know stylish it's like so in the same way it's like it, it's a manifestation of how you see the world and so what what's great for me is that by sharing how people take and how they see the world then maybe that way inspiring somebody so you've been doing photography for a long time it's like it's a craft that you've kind of built your mastery on even if this, the word mastery is kind of fearful because it's a process like you're always improving mm-hmm. always getting better so if we go be okay so if we go beyond just the the, the record of the image 
can you say that photography fulfills a deeper need? And if it does, like, what is that, that deeper need? And if you don't like this question, answer a different question. Um, photography definitely fulfills a need. I, I found photography or photography found me. I don't know how these things work, but it suited me down to the ground and kind of I absorbed it. Mm -hmm. uh, the business is random at best. I was what I was an early adopter of mobile phones mm -hmm. because I loved walking down Oxford Street because I was living in London at that time. The phone going and saying, "Hey, look, we've got a two-week trip in Tanzania. Would you be up for doing it? It's leaving next week." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, there's not many, there's not many places in you know, not many jobs in life that, that oh, right. kind of do that sort of thing, and. You know, or uh, we'd like you to shoot a band, you know, can you go hang out with a band or go meet a celebrity? Or, no, no, no. You know, and again, you know, and I just, uh, it just suited me really well. I, uh, I just, uh, I was like, yeah, I, I mean, I was always like, yes, and yes always got me yeah, into lots yeah. of trouble as well. Yeah. But, uh, but trouble with a camera is different to trouble. I, wait, I'm going to interrupt. Because you said this before, and maybe it almost slipped by. You said that the camera, in a way, is your, is your. I don't remember the word phrasing, but it's your way to yes, or it's like it's like your way of saying yes to the world. Or is it, I don't remember. Yeah, so it was my open door policy in a way. It's yeah. it's, you know, it's it's. I, I, there there are so, there are so many things, but I remember one in Santiago. We were checking into this little uh, guest house, and the door was open to another room, and there was the light was hitting the table. There was a decanter and stuff, and I just I just I grabbed the camera, took a picture, and the maid who was cleaning the room took one look at me, look at me and slammed the door in my face. What? <laughs> And I just kind of like, I just like held the camera, like, yeah, yeah. you know, and it's, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, I just taking a picture. Yeah, yeah, and maybe and she thought you're, you're like, you can get in trouble, or who knows? Who knows? Yeah, and, and, you know, and, and, and again, when uh, I met Prince Charles and went to Clarence House, and they keep you waiting for a while, yeah. and there's all these pictures on the, on the desk, you know, I was around the, I was around the side looking at all the, oh, the family wow. pictures, and, and everyone in the room was like, what are you doing? Right. And I'm like, I'm looking at the pictures. I'm looking at the pictures. Why wouldn't I? You know, and it's like I'm a photographer, and it's kind of that's my excuse for everything. It's like I'm a photographer. That's why I love it. That's interesting. And here, look, and here you are in Peng Chao. Here we are in Peng Chao. You're saying something about, in a way, like in a way, you kind of have to find the humor in in Hong Kong, like you know, to sort of discover it and whatever, and. Just quickly, we'll move on, but quickly, do you remember the phrase you learned in the coffee shop? Uh, yes. Oh, hang on. I... You wrote it down. Okay. I did. I Good. You it. need Sorry. to know I'm it. Gonna, I'm going <laughs> to... Bingo Fong Pei. There you go. Bingo Fong Pei. Very good. Uh, well, that, that is, that's a cliffhanger that will reveal what it means at the end, but a very important Cantonese phrase. Um, should we move on to the next photo? Yes. Hope. Oh, yes. <laughs> I love it. Okay. So this photograph, um, okay, for people who don't know, so Hong Kong Island is an island. Um, do you want to get that? No, no, no. I, I, you, you go, I'm, I, I, there's something with this picture, but I need to know what it says. I can't no remember. problem. No problem. So 
Hong Kong Island is an island, and what the 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 you know funny kind of way that as the um, city planners, urban developers, whatever, uh, want to create new land because Hong Kong is quite uh, the it's basically it's quite uh, hilly. So what they do is they reclaim parts like you know fill up the the harbor with, with soil and then they just create flat land and so that's kind of you're shooting down onto this reclaimed area where uh it's like tamped ground where they created this like temporary stage and across it there aren't many people yet but there are all these taxis and in hong kong the taxis are red with white roofs uh the stage is some red i mean this looks like one of those hong kong government inaugural something or other events and behind it is the sort of the ferris wheel up just there to give a bit of cityscape and behind you can just see the the exhibition center and a lot of the skyscrapers and all this stuff and then you see across the water from the harbor to the other side which is Kowloon side so yes you're shooting from above and you're looking down at this kind of scene probably high noon or close to it yeah, it's ugly light. Yeah. So, what is this photo and eh, por qué? <laughs> well, so uh, I get I got to get the ferry to come off this island. You come into Central, and, and when you get to Central, you walk across the the walkway yeah. into IFC or whatever. So this is actually shot from the walkway, and uh, now it's a big building site. Yeah, I'm just fascinated by the scene. All the taxis are, all have the same uh, stickers on them. Uh, they were all lined up. Um, I arrived literally two minutes later than I'd have liked. Uh, shot a bunch of pictures and then tried to go down and do it. Anyway, I, lo- I loved this picture. I didn't really understand why or, or what. And then I Google translated what it says on, mm-hmm, on mm-hmm. the thing. And uh, I mean, this is Google translation. This is the successful conclusion of the Legislative Council election, the success of Hong Kong's democratic system and launching economy of the parade of provincial level fellowship associated in Hong Kong. Yes. (laughs) Hurrah to that. Um, And I called it after the party. Right. Because this is, they've finished. Okay. Yes. They're all, they're all like leaving. Yeah. Um, And I don't know whether it's because there's no more opposition party. Right. I don't know if it's, I don't know what, I don't know what, it was about right so for me it's you know it's a really interesting time to be in hong kong we don't know yeah you know you've got to be a bit careful what you say you've got to be careful what you think yeah and here's this here's this image and for me it's kind of my hong kong picture i sort mm. of i don't think i'll ever get a picture that is more hong kong than than this picture oh, okay so what's interesting is that ha- like this really shows it's funny how little signals and anchors reveal so much right so in this case like just about half of the image the bottom half is this tamped earth right because this is all like this is all like fake flat ground that's just been created Hmm. and so it's all like brown and on this brown very light brown and on this light brown are these red taxis with as you said the uniform kind of stickering on it light blue stickering and then the, the the stage further up is like it echoes like the 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 background that the backdrop that they set up for the stage is kind of like the stickering same kind of color, and then the stage itself is red like the taxis, and the seats are white like the taxi roofs. 
So there is this really interesting interplay of color that, that is, repet, you know, there's that repetition. But essentially it's dead, right? There's no life to it because there's one guy kind of looking at probably his phone. But it's... it's well, he, was, he was directing the, the taxis. Okay, okay. So, but essentially it's non, it's just earth, taxis, stage, non-biotic. And then there's this tiny little sliver with trees and a bit of green. And then there's the lightish blue kind of gray of the, of the harbor. And then there's the buildings and then the far distant hills and then the blue and white sky. So um, going back to this idea of, of color, like you're, even if you don't explicitly at the time decode and you're just kind of reacting, mm. because of that training in photography, and your framing, it's like so much has been packed into this one frame. Mm. Um, and it is kind of telling. Okay, so you said this kind of captures Hong Kong. At this time? Yes. At this time. Yeah, so this, this was taken probably the end of last year. Okay. I think it was the end of last year. And because now this is a big building site. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was just before that happened. So easy to find out when that was yeah and then yeah I just, I just think that it's just a very now picture and in a way not so so when I started this project I looked at all of the people who had done books on Hong Kong right and I looked through them all and I made a big long list of all the things that I couldn't take pictures of ah okay uh, so no goldfish market no crosshatch with a red taxi no sunset pier no yeah. I went to uh, I think there's like 65 things in my list and I was like holy moly what does that leave <laughs> and, <laughs> and 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 so I'm always trying to find a different angle a different take on telling a story and so this for me is 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 a very Hong Kong. It's. It, I don't think any Hong Kong photographer would take this picture. Right. Okay. Have you met uh, Michael Kistler? Mm, don't think so. He the, his photographs tend to be. Um, he was on the podcast. He was guaylo like us. You know, mm. came in and left. I think now he's in Singapore. Uh, he tends to do reflections. Right. So, I, would he like everybody sees the world slightly differently? That's what makes it interesting. Yeah, and so would other photographers respond, react to this scene? Not at that moment, that time maybe, but you did. And okay, so let's pull back. Hmm. Generalize the situation, right? Like The Hong Kong situation? No, your life. Okay, my life. Yeah, not just the the, the, the sort of the interface between us and the world. Hmm. Okay, so somebody listening to this from Tanzania or from Montreal or Hawaii. How do we reduce this into something for, for somebody listening to say, oh, wait a second, I, I resonate with that. Like, you know, in terms of your place in Hong Kong society as an other, as an outsider, now becoming an insider, because that's kind of a lot of Hong Kongers are like us, you know. Well, so, so this whole project was about me trying to find my Hong Kong. Mm. And that's why I looked at all the other books. That's why I looked at what people were shooting and didn't, and, and made a list and said no, none of that stuff. Wow! Because that's not my Hong Kong. That's someone else's Hong Kong, and it's the hardest thing in the world to try and find your own voice, your own style, your mm-hmm. own whatever. And 
and so there's the set of pictures and I, I put together a, um, an Instagram that was specifically for that and it's you know I'm hoping to do a book etc and so it's a body of work um, that is my is my Hong Kong over a period of time where really interesting things were happening geopolitically personally and it's just my way of making sense of it yeah yeah so what I also realized was that I called it the ghostly man it was kind of about the camera but it was also about me for obvious reasons but I realized I was always that I think you know when I got the small camera it's the first camera when I wanted a small camera I always wanted a small camera. I never wanted to be that probably because I also worked in an environment where I had to hassle people um, at all levels to get a portrait, to get a moment, to get something. So in my own personal stuff, I didn't want to do that. Mm -hmm. And this is my, so this is the slightly controversial bit. The title I want to kind of give the, the, the book is that this is a love letter to a place I don't really like. Okay. Interesting. Yes. And I think that is what you... That is uh, a really explosive thing that just landed in my head. You know what? I'm not just going to leave it there. That's a love letter to a place that you don't really like. Mm. Right. <laughs> You're a very cheeky man. I like it. <laughs> Bingo Fong Pei. Exactly. Means, did you fart? <laughs> uh, okay. So, um, ah. I love it. And, and the, the project has, has come to an end mm -hmm. because I've bought a new camera. Okay. And so I want to close the book on that era of Hong Kong. Well, okay. Well, I'm going to use that as a nice way to wrap up this episode. And just to say, well, congratulations on closing the book and getting a new camera. Uh, which new camera is it? So then maybe they can sponsor the show. Oh, I'd love that. Uh, it's Leica. I'm getting the new Q3. Oh, very nice. Yeah, very nice. Yeah. Uh, and uh, without the divulging any other um, details, I'm just going to say congratulations on, I don't know, well, whatever happened just before we hit record. I'm going to shake your hand on that one. Thank you, my Alex. friend. Alex. Lovely to meet you. Alex. Thank you. <laughs> Fucking great. Fucking great, brother. That's great. Thank you. Good. Shooting it raw? Yes. Shooting it raw.